welcome into the Voice of Reason podcast. This is episode three. I'm your host, the Voice of Reason, Owen Reese. And today uh, we have a round two and three uh, roundup here from day two of the 2020 NFL Draft. Uh, Packers making some interesting selections, to say the least. Uh, looking to seemingly uh, head a different way with the identity of the offense. So we'll get into that in a second. Uh, but one thing that I wanted to touch on before we get going here too far is a topic that uh, a lot of conversation about on Twitter. Uh, at one point I had tweeted that uh, it seems as though, at least to the Packers' first two picks, that there were wide receivers that they had targeted uh, and seemingly went in a different direction shortly thereafter those players were picked. Uh, at 25, the 49ers traded up to take Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State, and then the Packers obviously traded up to 26 right behind that to take Jordan Love. Uh, Jordan Love, obviously not a wide receiver, <clears throat> the position that most Packers fans felt as though that they need, and I think that's something someone brought up that, well, T. Higgins was available at 30, so you know, obviously they're not drafting for need. Um, and the, I think the biggest thing is like, we just don't know, right? Like all 32 teams have their own individual board. Uh, and, and they're, um, as we'll talk about here shortly, they're all very different and very diverse based on what their scheme is, what type of players they value for that scheme, uh, and other, you know, medical red flags and stuff like that, where, uh, just, there's so much variance among teams boards that uh, it's it's so hard for us to have an idea or really gauge, uh, you know how these guys are, how they're stacked up, um, you know on on each individual team's board. So I think that's something to take in mind. We think that we have an educated educated guess. It's we have an idea about what they're doing, what they value, what positions they want, but we truthfully don't know. Uh, so I think it's one thing. Obviously the Packers, and we'll talk about this in a second through day two have not selected a wide receiver or an offensive lineman. Uh, I think those are probably the two things that were thought that they would most likely use to help uh, Aaron Rodgers and and continue to build this offense. So I think that, um, you know, while we've, we've seen that, uh, you know, we just don't know. It's not that, you know, well, over the last three and a half months, I've done however many mock draft simulations on the draft network thing, or, you know, I, well, I've seen them mocked a wide receiver so many times or a, or whatever, that just means that that has to be the pick or that, well, you know, if they're not doing this, then they're not drafting for need. They're not trying to win right now. They're not trying to whatever they're rebuilding and all this other nonsense. There's so much stuff that goes into this and so much variance from team to team. I think it's important to keep that in mind moving forward that every team is different. They have their own board, uh, you know, and obviously they're all trying to, to add talent uh, the way they know how, and they're all trying to continue to build their roster. So it's something that, you know, moving forward, just because you have an idea of who you think that team or the Packers should take or whatever the case may be, their their board is likely very different. Uh, you know, from from what you've seen or what you think. Uh, so it's just one of those things to keep in mind uh, moving forward. So obviously, in the second round, at pick 62, the Green Bay Packers selected A.J. Dillon, a running back out of Boston College. Uh, he's a big back, six foot, 247 pounds, had some impressive athletic numbers at the Combine, in particular for someone that heavy, uh, impressive nonetheless. But then when you consider that this guy's almost 250 pounds, uh, I think that's really, really uh, 
noteworthy. I think the other thing, too, is that Denzel Mims got picked at pick 50, in the late 50s to uh, the New York Jets. I think that's the second pick in a row that the Green Bay Packers have seen the wide receiver that they were likely targeting get taken right out from underneath them. So I think that while this time they didn't trade up, I think that's uh, a hunch I have. I could be completely wrong, but I think that that is a, um, a trend that we've seen in all three picks, really, that there have been wide receivers taken a couple of picks uh, or even the pick right before the Packers select. And I think that uh, while they... Had a press conference today, Brian Gutekunst announced tonight that uh, both their second and third round picks were the highest player on their board at the time that they picked. Uh, I do think, or I have a suspicion, that uh, the wide receivers that have been taken immediately in front of them, Ayuk in the first, Mims in the second, and then Devin Duvernay in the third, were likely guys that the Packers were interested in and were sniped kind of right before their picks um, You know, so far today and in this draft. So, my initial thought when they drafted A.J. Dillon, I was a bit surprised that they drafted a running back. Uh, obviously, the running back position will be a need. It's a future need more so than it is right now. I was also surprised, too, that A.J. Dillon was the uh, the type that they went after. I was suspecting more of a zone back, more of a, a finesse back, which obviously, as we continue to move forward here, we'll, we'll address here in a second. So uh, running back was kind of a sneaky need, uh, both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams will be entering their contract years. Uh, so, I mean, we've we've reached a, a bit of a, a craw, an impasse where, uh, you know, obviously when A.J. Dillon was picked, it wasn't a wide receiver, so fans weren't happy. And uh, what we kind of saw is a lot of, oh, my God, they took a running back. He's not even going to get playing time in 2020. I can't believe they're doing this. He's not an impact player, this and that. I, I To me, I was a bit conflicted. <clears throat> I think that uh, I think it's interesting that uh, for the most part, I think most of Packers Twitter seems to, al- to align uh, ideally um, or idealistically with a lot of the uh, analytics community for the most part um, for, for what that's worth. And so a lot of the sentiment is that the Packers shouldn't pay Aaron Jones uh, or shouldn't extend him to a high-dollar extension following this upcoming season. Uh, the uh, I think the general rhetoric, which I don't necessarily agree with, but I, I know there are a lot of people that do agree with this or would disagree with, with my view of it, is that you should not pay running backs big money because running backs are extremely replaceable and that... Uh, you should. It's not a super valued position, and that you can uh, get more value or more bang for your buck at different positions uh, rather than um, than running back. So, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams both set to become free agents at the uh, at the end of the 2020 season. Um, so, obviously, you're going to need a running back. So, what I saw was a lot of Packer fans. Um, why would we draft AJ Dillon? Because we have Aaron Jones. But also, well, we don't want to pay Aaron Jones. So he's either going to be there or he's not. And I think that's something where this is a a value pick from the eyes of the Green Bay Packers. And this is a, uh, a future need taking care of itself right now. Uh, I think that Dylan will likely enter the 2020 season as the third running back, but will uh, likely start the 2021 season as the number one running back with... Uh, 
Jones and Williams both in contract years, and again, both could be gone. I, I don't think the Packers are going to put a ton of money into those guys. I could be wrong, uh, but from kind of from what we've seen, uh, I don't know if the Packers will be willing to ante up and pay Aaron Jones what the market may dictate that he may get. So, A.J. Dillon, why it makes sense. <clears throat> so, uh, both Jones and Williams are in their contract years. Uh, I think that there is some, there's been some underlying tones here. I think the Green Bay Packers are trying to become a more physical run-first football team, and we will get to that in a second, but I think prior to the report that I'll mention here in a second, I think some of those things could have probably been seen. Uh, first round last year, two for two defensive players. You draft a guard uh, or a center in the second round, uh, and a lot of the free agent signings have been in the front seven, the Smith brothers, uh, Christian Kirksey. I think that the Packers want to be become more of a run-the-ball, play-defense, win-in-that-vein organization. So I think in that sense, A.J. Dillon makes sense. I think, again, too, if you want to uh, build your team to succeed later in the season, you play in Green Bay, Wisconsin. If you want to be hosting playoff games late in the year, the weather gets cold, and it's tough to tackle a 250-pound running back uh, that late in the year. So I think there's probably something that pays into that as well. Uh, why it's frustrating. Like I said, he's probably running back three entering the 2020 season. Uh, it's not not a direct, immediate upgrade. Um for Aaron Rodgers, it is intrinsically, but not like I said, not a uh, new member of the starting lineup that will be a premier target or premier running back. Uh, he's not a receiving back by trade. Uh, has shown the ability to do it a little bit, but wasn't asked to do it a ton at Boston College, and I, and I don't think that that'll be a major part of his use in Green Bay. And then I think another thing too is that obviously Brian Gutekunst said that AJ Dillon was a top player on their board at the time, which I believe that's fine. Uh, but I think, too, if you do look at other positions of need, Josh Jones was available to tackle from Houston, went earlier in the third round, Ashton Davis as well, uh, Jeremy Chin and uh, Willie Gay Jr. Both also went at the end of the second round. Both of those guys were guys that I had mentioned they could target uh, and would be at positions of need um, or that they could uh, be looking at. So I think that those uh, those guys being there, I think, at the end of round two probably makes the Packer fan a bit more frustrated that, well, they could have had more value here. Um, but to wrap it up, he's a big back. He will be a starter, I think, in 2021. And I do think that he has feature back athleticism and traits. Uh, he's a great big running back. Uh, he's really effective in the zone. He's a guy that I, he's not going to win a ton of foot races. But he's a one-cut back, and once he gets vertical, when the defense is moving horizontally, that's where he does his damage, and that's where he makes uh, some big-time runs. So, I, I, like I said, he's not going to win a ton of foot races, but he's a guy that is able to make up ground quickly at the second level, like I said, once he gets vertical against defenses going horizontal. So I think that's something that, in the Packers scheme, will happen uh, a good amount. So moving on to the third round, uh, this is where maybe it was more of a surprise uh, than we expected. I think that there were some some receivers on the board. Obviously, as I mentioned earlier, Devin Duvernay picked uh, right before the Packers, a couple board, uh, picks before the Packers by the Baltimore Ravens. I think that's someone that Green Bay was looking at. Uh, so at 94, they eventually go. They take Josiah DeGara, a fullback, tight end, H-back, move tight end type player from Cincinnati. He's 6'2 and two hundred and 50 pounds or so. Uh, I was down at the senior bowl. Uh, he's a very good blocker. 
uh, and is a, a capable receiver. And he's not a dynamic one in any sense of the term, but he's a good blocker. Uh, you can flex him out. You can line him up in line as a tight end uh, and is a, a dependable pass catcher, uh, runs a, a fairly diverse route tree considering uh, college tight ends and what they're asked to do. Uh, so he's a guy <clears throat> probably got picked a little higher than what we would have expected, but will um, will be a more immediate contributor, I think, than than AJ Dillon will in 2020. He will get time. He will be a fullback. He will be a second tight end in 12 personnel. Uh, and and what we kind of learned after this pick is that uh, Jim Okarski from the Journal Sentinel tweeted something that when he during free agency when he was reaching out to agents regarding uh, veteran wide receivers and who had been in contact with them uh, he had said that a couple of agents had mentioned to him that uh, something to the effect that uh, you shouldn't expect the Packers to be reaching out to a ton of these guys because they're looking to become more of a run first identity offense and more winning by running the football Uh, and so that's an interesting thing, but again, kind of leads back into my theory that I think that the Packers are attempting to build a roster that's uh, that can win more sustainably without Aaron Rodgers. And I think that we'll get there in a second, but I think that they're preparing for life without Aaron Rodgers, even if that's a few years away, and they're starting to build uh, this team a little differently. Uh, so initially, I was taken aback uh, and, and not thrilled about the pick. Uh Josiah DeGaro was a good player down at the Senior Bowl. He's good at what he does. He's a good blocker. He competes his ass off. He is a uh, like I said, a good blocker. Will play all over the place. Like, can, can play fullback. Can play as an H back, a wing player. Uh, can line up flexed in the slot as well as in line as a tight end with his hand on the ground. So he can be multiple. Uh, he'll he'll be a versatile player. He'll play special teams, and he just plays really really hard. Right. So those are some. Some reasons that make sense, uh, some some upside to that. Like I said, he'll play special teams. Uh, and he'll continue to improve the tight end room. That's a position that I think is a, a sneaky need as well. Obviously, Jay Sternberger will take over as the number one guy in 2020. Uh, Mercedes Lewis was brought back. He's essentially an extra offensive tackle or a sixth blocker. Uh, Robert Tanyan signed his exclusive rights free agent tender for what that's worth and more uh competition there but but truthfully I think Degara has a, a pretty easy road to early playing time considering that room and and who's in it right now why it's frustrating like I said he's likely not a high impact player even if he does play a lot and even if he does live up to the the potential that he has I don't think he's ever more than a tight end two or a fullback which in this offense is valuable uh, but I don't think that he's like a dynamic playmaker in that in that spot and obviously there were other guys available. Donovan Peoples-Jones is actually still be available on, on day three. <clears throat> um, Adam Trotman, who was picked uh, later in the third round by the New Orleans Saints, I thought were guys that were there they could have considered. Uh, Troutman in particular, I uh, thought he would really be, he's a good blocker, um, raw as a receiver, but athletic. And I thought that he was someone that the Packers really could like. Um, so, I mean, it was a bit of a frustrating pick, to be honest. I wasn't wild about it, um, still not wild about it, but considering the report about the philosophy change, uh, and, and there are things that 
there are redeemable qualities that Deguara gives the team, uh, just just not super valuable or or sexy ones, truthfully. So to wrap him up, I do think he'll be the second tight end a lot for the Packers. I think if they want to run the ball, they will get into 12 personnel, 21 personnel quite a bit, and I think that he'll be in both of those. Uh, he does have some receiving skills. I saw him comped, I believe, by the Draft Network's Joe Marino to Tyler Conklin, a reserve tight end from the Vikings, who was a, a stud from Central Michigan a couple of years ago. Similar player. Um, will be asked to uh, will be asked to be a receiver. Also, will be asked to be a blocker in the run game uh, and, and kind of get involved that way. So, I think it's interesting that uh, if they are moving to this new offensive philosophy, uh, this is a, a stark change to what the Packers have done for the past ten years or so. I mean, they have been an offensive team, a finesse team, a you know we're going to try to outscore you with Aaron Rodgers. If that truly is a philosophical change within the organization, I do think that's pretty notable. Um, heading into, oh, I guess to wrap this up, I, I was not wild about this pick. I'm still not. Um, I think I can more effectively defend the Jordan Love or AJ Dillon picks than I can the Josiah DeGara pick. Uh, it's not, uh, I get it. I understand it. If that's the change in the vision, I get it. Um, and, and there are redeeming qualities here. I just think he was probably picked a couple rounds too high. Uh, but Gudikun said he was the top player on their board. So, We'll let this play out. They know more about the player than we do. Uh, they've met with him. They've, they've spoken with University of Cincinnati coaches and, and strength staff and, and everyone else that they deal with. So they, I think that's another thing, too, that gets kind of forgotten at times is the amount of access to information that the NFL teams have and how much greater they, um, how much greater that information is than we have uh, as media or even outsiders. And the other thing, too, is how much the NFL teams weigh that into – their selection process as far as these players coming into their locker room. Are they good people? Are they good players? Are they, you know, what's their work ethic, their character? I think that plays a big part into this that, that we don't necessarily always see. So I think that's also something to, to keep in mind. So heading into day three, uh, the Packers have six picks. Uh, they don't have a fourth round pick. Obviously it was used in the trade up to get Jordan Love. They have their fifth round pick. They have three sixth-round picks, including back-to-back picks at 208 and 209, and then they also have two seventh-round picks. So while I think probably most Packer fans are fairly frustrated with what they've done thus far, they've still got six selections. Uh, Gutekunst mentioned that they, they plan on staying pat. Uh, we'll, we'll check out the phones a little bit, but, but don't necessarily plan on moving a ton. Uh, so they do have six picks. Um, they can address some wide receiver, address some O&D line, linebacker, um, even and so as well as potentially some defensive backs. So just a couple guys uh, at each spot here to to kind of consider moving into day three at wide receiver. I didn't mention Donovan Peoples Jones. I assume he'll be one of the first players picked on day three, um, and as well as Quintez Cephas from Wisconsin. I think he's a guy that the Packers uh, would uh, value just kind of based off of his skill set. Uh, that they're not necessarily. Um, I don't know if the speed will scare him off, but I think his play style kind of would lend into the type of players that they've got in the wide receiver room. Along the offensive line, I still think that they get out of here with an offensive tackle uh, drafted. Uh, three guys to watch. I'm surprised Ben Barch from St. John's, the Division Three kid, was not picked. Uh, although I would imagine some of that probably has to do with him not testing uh, due to an injury uh, obtained at the Senior Bowl and then led through the Combine. So, Ben Bart is still out there. Prince Tego Winogo, offensive tackle from Auburn. 
uh, very athletic, still fairly new to the sport of football, uh, is is still out there as well. I think that would be a big-time value if, if he were to fall into the fifth round. I don't anticipate that, but someone to watch on day three. And then Charlie Heck is the third one, uh, is the left tackle from the University of North Carolina. His father is Andy Heck, who's an offensive line coach in the NFL uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. So he's someone that I think he's six. He's almost six foot eight, 315 pounds, moves really well. Uh, he's a pretty decent athlete, has some technique issues, that he could sure up, but I think he's a guy worth taking somewhere on day three. Uh, is a is a developmental tackle for the Packers. I think that he's someone that would fit what they want to do. Uh, along the defensive line, there's a couple guys, but in particular, uh, Lecky Fotu from Utah, the big nose tackle, is still available. Uh, he's not a great athlete, but I think the Packers could and should look to uh, improve the nose tackle position. They can do better than Tyler Lancaster. And uh, if they were to take a nose tackle, that would allow Kenny Clark to play up and down the defensive line more, um, you know, play some three-tech, uh, among other things, which kind of just to expound on and expand his skill set and use him most effectively. Uh, linebacker, I think Evan Weaver is a guy from Cal. He's a very smart player, uh, very heady, uh, and I, I really, just a tackling machine uh, at Cal over the past few years. I think he's a guy that the Packers could like. They seem to like the uh, athletic special teams guys. I think Weaver probably fits that mold, so he's someone to watch here on day three. And then in defensive backs, I think uh, they should look at Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame. Very fast, former track guy. Uh, you know, he has the ability to recover due to that speed, and he's a guy that sitting here could end up could fall to the fifth round. Um, you know, just it's it's all about at in day three. It's all about teams picking the type of player style player that they would like uh usually at these positions there isn't a ton of separation um you know a lot of day three grades or you know third round day three grades at a position moving into day three uh, it's all about the type of player that you prefer that fits your scheme better i think troy pride would be someone uh that likes to play press he's very fast uh despite not being the tallest he is about 511 i think that he's someone that the packers could consider um as we move in here so as we head into day three, again, the day two selections for the Packers, running back A.J. Dillon out of Boston College and tight end Josiah DeGuara out of Cincinnati. Uh, definitely not the way that we anticipated this going for Green Bay, uh, but it is what it is now, and uh, the sky is not falling. They are not rebuilding. Um, you know, they, they feel good about the guys that they got, and we'll see who they add here on day three. So uh, thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. I'm looking to get this up on Google Play as well. Uh, as well, um, you can check it out on SoundCloud, Spotify, and uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. So make sure uh, subscribe, leave a review, and uh, thank you again for listening to the Voice of Reason podcast.